I'm Zach Dunlap, pastor of multi-site at Birmingham and Berkeley First. Welcome to Church Folks, a podcast where we interview folks from our church community about who they are and what God is doing in their lives. Throughout the Bible, people are encouraged to bear witness to what they have seen and heard. Continuing in that tradition, this podcast offers a forum for people to get to know one another and be convicted, encouraged, equipped, and inspired. Our hope is that the stories of these church folks empower you to share your stories and to be a part of beloved community together. Last week was part one in a two-part conversation with Patrice Wade Olson. Patrice is a nurse practitioner working with HIV-positive patients, uh, many of whom are in the LGBTQ plus community. And we left off talking about religion, judgment, love, and the way that our words and actions really can make a difference for harm or for good in people's lives. Like I have patients whose family members, at time, some of my patients living with HIV whose family members will make them eat off paper plates and will use bleach when they leave. Like in 2021, you know, and have said hurtful things in the name of faith. Um you know, and I, some of my patients who are LGBT identified have had to go through like conversion therapy and were, you know, and have said like, well, the, what I always hear, which is like, unfortunately, a red flag where they're like, well, my family's really religious. Like that's become like a synonym for like, they're not supportive of me, you know? And so it's just, it's just really sad to me when I, I start thinking about it. For sure. Upsetting. It is. It's heartbreaking. Religion can be used as a tool to put people down. Religion can be a tool of oppression and obviously has been throughout history in various times in various ways. Um, and that still is the case today. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I've decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. And I can't even begin to imagine what he went through and what he endured fighting for justice and to love through all of that. Um, I mean, so many people today, maybe they have been through a lot and maybe they haven't, but, but hate and judgment is kind of their default position. And it's so easy. Um, you mentioned Jeremiah's sermon. Uh, uh, Patrice's husband, Jeremiah, just preached um, September 5th at Berkeley first. And I want to get your 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 thoughts on how that felt for you in, in just a bit. But um, one of the things he mentioned was how we can be so quick to judge and point out the sins and the weaknesses and the failures in others. And yet, have such a complicated relationship coming to grips with our own weaknesses. And that really does need to be the other way around. Um, we should be self-critical in helpful ways that move us forward. Um, and yet when it comes to how we deal with those around us I mean, looking at Christ as the example, 
We should err on the side of grace. We should err on the side of love. And if you're out there listening to this and you just have been beat down by religion, you are not alone. You are loved. You are known. And there's a place for you at God's family table. Patrice, when have you felt closest to God? And conversely, when have you felt furthest from God? Um, I guess I have two things that kind of stand out. One, like a while ago, and then maybe more recent. Um, I would say a while ago, like... 2013 um i was attending kensington church and i ran with hope water project which is like their is their mission um and we would run to raise money for to build wells in kenya and i was kind of on the leadership team with that and so was helping with like some of the group runs and you know the running community once again like community um and so it was actually like the day of the marathon and I was feeling like so good, you know, training had gone well all summer um, and was like so excited. It was Detroit, which is like one of my favorite races and was out there on the course running, running and, you know, initially had started with like my running group that I had been training with. We kind of all like kind of, you know, started to kind of go off on our own paces and I was still feeling good. Kind of. And it started to, I think it was like maybe mile 13, 14, where you like start to, you split off for the half goes this way, the full goes this way, which is always just like, oh, you just want to go with the half and be done. But I was like, all right, you know, I was running and I was feeling good and then kind of started to not feel very good. And I remember being like, God, let me get injured. Like, let me, let me get injured so I can just stop. <laughs> like, I'm like, I just want to be done and like, just go, you know, be done. And, you know, I was just exhausted. And I was like praying that something would, I would get injured because I'm like, you can't just stop. Like you have to be injured. And then they like EMS can just take you back to the start. And so I was praying for that. Um, but then alternately it was also being like, God, please give me energy. Like, this is not about me. You know, please just help me be present here out here with me and so I remember I was running and I someone passed you know came by me and they're like Patrice you know someone from my running group and they're like how are you doing I'm like I'm okay they're like do you want to run with us and I was like no no I I'm good I'm good like keep going you know I'm just kind of having a moment and so they you know you know took off on their regular pace and were kind of passed you know, and so running, running, and then another person came up and they're like, Patrice, you know, how are you? Are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, not, not a hundred percent feeling it today, you know, but I'm out here and they're like, okay, like, do you want us to run with you? I said, no, no, like, I'm just, you know, having my God time, go ahead, you know, and then finally this last person, Gunther, um, came up and he was like, hey, are you all right? And I was just like, I'm having a little hard of a time. I said, but I'm okay. I said, keep going. You know, he's like, okay. You know, and so we went. And I remember like, there's, 
I don't know, this joke or something where this guy's drowning, he's standing on a house, right? And, you know, he ends up like first, I think like a helicopter comes, then someone in a boat comes and he's like, no, no, go, go. You know, three people come and then he ends up dying and he gets to heaven and he's like, God, I thought, you know, I prayed. I thought you said you would save me. And God's like, I sent a boat a car, you know, like mm-hmm. a speedboat, a helicopter and this, and you didn't get in. And he was like, oh. And so that kind of like came back to me out there on the trail. And I remember being like, Patrice, literally three people have come by you. So I ended up, I remember yelling, being like, come through, wait for me. And he like came, and I said, I'm having a really hard time. I said, I want to stop and be done. And I'm like, but I know that like, that is not what God wants right now. And so he was like, okay. He's like, I got you. He's like, we're in this together. And so we ended up running the rest of the race together. Wow. And ended up feeling like so close. It still gives me like chills, like feeling so close to God. And you know, he and I were talking and he was sharing a bit of his testimony and his family's testimony. And I was just like, oh my gosh, God is here. And ended up just like not even like feeling any discomfort. And if anybody's ever run a marathon, you feel a lot of discomfort. But I didn't feel it. Didn't feel it because God was just so there and just like kind of carried us to the finish. And so I would say like that was a time. I felt so close to God because I remember being done and just being like, God was out there the whole time. And I felt him right there and was just so thankful. And I would say kind of fast forward, um, I would say with the birth of our son, Alosha. Um, so Alosha, I was um, pregnant and everything had been going kind of according to plan. I was feeling great. It was like going to the gym. I was doing like baby, you know, prenatal yoga, you know, had everything ready to go um, for this like birth that I had been envisioning for nine months. Um, And so I was due on the 12th, you know, he didn't come on the 12th. And initially my plan was, okay, I'm going to work right up until my due date, then have this baby and be like, everything will be exactly imagined. And so it was due on the 12th, didn't come on the 12th. I worked my last day of work on the 16th. And because I was overdue, they sent me for an ultrasound um, and they were like, oh, he's head up. And I was like, what? Because so mind you, he'd been head down since like 28 weeks. And so I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. And it's like this 20 year old tech. And I just start sobbing in the the room and she's just kind of like, ah. And so like Jeremiah and I leave and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like what the heck? So we were working with a a doula. And so we called her and she was like, okay. She's like, we've got to get this figured out because if you go into labor now, you're having a C-section, like that will be your option. And that had not been in my birth plan. So I was just like kind of having a moment. And so they brought me upstairs, the nurse midwives, and they were like, you know, these are your options. We can try this. We can try that. And I kind of remember like having this like little bit of out of body because I was like watching it but I was like I know God's here but this is not going how I'm planning and I'm crying you know and so we go home and the nurse was like you know hey you know and the next day you're gonna have a baby and I was just like ah you know and so we like call our family we call our small group and I remember sending this like text out to my small group being like you guys like this is what's going on please please pray uh, and so 
like that night, you know, like praying and our families praying and everyone's praying, you know, because everyone's like, you know, we want you to be okay. We also know that you've kind of been envisioning this, you know, vaginal delivery for nine months, right? And this was changing it. And so, you know, you know, spent that night in prayer, got up the next morning, went to Henry Ford Hospital and you know, I had, I had, you know, when I had planned to have this, like, my initial birth, I had printed up Bible verses and was going to, like, put them all around the delivery room. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, had them in a notebook. And we, like, get there, you know, and it's, like, 5 a.m. in the morning, so nobody's really there. Like, you know, very few staff. And so we go in and... We check in, and so the nurse comes in, and she was just, like, so kind to us. And I was like, okay, this is not going exactly how I planned, but, like, God is here. Like, we're going to be okay. God is here. So she, like, comes in, like, gets us set up. And then the nurse midwife, who had been there the day before, came in, and she was like, it's going to be okay. You know, she's like, what is that you have in your hand? And so I I showed her the verses. It's, like, just hard to talk about. So I showed her the verses. And she was like, oh, my gosh, those are some of my favorite verses. Um, and so she was like reading. We were talking about them. And so I started to feel more like, OK, like God's got you. And so like I was still having a hard time. And so she and the nurse were like, hey, can we pray with you? And we were like, what? Because, you know, Henry Ford is not like a Christian hospital. And so, like, we just want to pray with you um, before, like, we get started with everything. And so they prayed with us, like, formed this circle around around Jeremiah and I and prayed with us. And so, like, you know, continue to feel God's presence. Um and so then, like, you know, they took us into the OR because they were like, well, because you're over, you know, overdue, we're going to try to flip him, you know, in utero, in your belly. And if that doesn't work, we're going to do a C-section. And so I got to meet the nurse anesthetist and she was so kind. And so, you know, I had showed her, I had actually, when we were walking to the OR, I forgot my verses because there was just like a lot going on and like holding my IV pole and everything. And I was like, wait, I'm so sorry. I have to get something. And so we walked back and she grabbed she's like oh I love these verses and I was like yeah you know those are just to kind of be with us to be present and so you know they're trying it and it ended up not working Alosha's heart rate dropped and they're like we're really sorry we we have to do a c-section you know and if Jeremiah I was just out of it but Jeremiah was like yeah bells were going off people rushed in and then um, nurse Anestis was like you know I guess I was just having I started crying and so she started reading reading the verses to me and was just praying Mm. so we're like in this or with like all these people and she's praying and reading like the bible verses on the sheet to me and just felt like god right there and then she was like your son's gonna be here any second now you know and so really just felt god holding us you know and then from there you know he got here and she's like here and he was healthy and every you know we were we were healthy you know fortunately didn't have any other complications and you know just through a whole hospital stay met people who were so kind you know and just like loving on us um and so although it maybe wasn't what i had envisioned it was very evident that god was there Mm. um and so like a couple, maybe a couple weeks later, you know, I think one night I was up and I was just like, oh, you know, I'm not, re- you know, recovery is slower. And I had told Jeremiah, embarrassingly, as I think about it now, you know, 
I was like, our birth was so traumatic. It wasn't what I planned. And he was like, I think of our birth as a miracle. He's like, they prayed with us at a non-Christian hospital. And the nurse and prayed over you while they were delivering a losha. He's like, God was so present. He's like, I think of it like a miracle. You know, and I, and I was just like, oh, shoot. You're right. You know, and so, uh, you know, looking back, that would be a time in life, you know, closer future that, you know, God was just there, you know, and although maybe what I had planned, what I had wanted wasn't necessarily what was happening. He was there. You know, he didn't he didn't let us down. You know, he was there and he was present and everybody is here safely and soundly. So. And that doesn't have to be an either or something can be simultaneously traumatic and miraculous. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing both of those pieces of your story. The Alyosha is almost 20 months old now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, you have another child on the way. Yes. As you look to the future, what gives you the greatest hope for your children? I don't, I would say that they're, that they are loved, that they are growing up loved, you know, from our family to our church family, just that, you know, God is keeping them safe and loving on them. Um, and I, I don't, I know that's not maybe very profound or anything, but just that they are going to grow up to know love, right? You know, and whether it's just like cuddling them or wearing them or, you know, when they come to church and, you know, people are so kind, you know, just giving them hugs and, you know, when we had Alosha, you know, um, Patty um, Reynolds set up a meal train for us. And so people brought us food. It was it was so we were just in awe. And I remember our neighbors were in awe and our friends were in awe. You know, like, this is your church. And we we're like, yeah, like they just they love on you. You know, this is community like here doing life with you. And so I'm excited for our kids to grow up in community and grow up in church community. Um and to just grow up knowing what, it, truly knowing what it means to be loved and to feel what it means to be loved, you know, even before they have words to really understand that. That's beautiful. And I got thinking when you shared about your story of the marathon, I've never run a marathon for the record. I've never run a half marathon. I run a, I ran a 10 K once and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> so I can't even begin to imagine what, uh, what you were experiencing around that 13 mile mark, um, flagging down Gunther, the third person to come by and ask how you were doing. What advice or encouragement would you give to someone right now who is running a marathon literally or figuratively and who is just ready to, to drop out, who's simultaneously praying for God to be with them and also praying for an injury just to take them out so they don't have to deal with this marathon any longer. What words would you say to them? I would tell them to pause and to be present. Um, you know, life is a marathon, you know, but if we look at it, all at once, it's so overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at a marathon at once, it's so overwhelming. Like you can't, when you're running a marathon, you have to be in the mile that you're running. You know, you can't be at mile two and being like, okay, this is my game plan for mile 24. Like it doesn't work that way. Um, and so I would tell them to be present, pause. You have two hands, you have two 
two hands, two feet, right? And so you can only do what those things are doing right at this moment um, and to just focus. Um, God will give you the guidance, the energy to do the do the whole, but at this moment in time, he's giving you the guidance and the energy to focus in on where you're at. Um, and I will tell you, I've been there. I've prayed for the injury. You know, I've prayed to be like taken out so I can just be done. Um, but when I've kind of been like, wait a second, like just focus in, focus in. You're okay. God has got you. You're running mile two and that's where we're going to stick right now. You know, and if we take that, you know, outside of maybe the marathon running world, you know, if you're in, you know, life we're going to have trials. Like, you know, we're, we're going to have trials. And if you've never had a trial, then I'm jealous of you and I want to know what's your secret. Um, <laughs> but like, we're going to have trials, um, but God will get us through them. Um, you know, and so we have to just be present um, because we're not, you know, we don't know what's going to happen at the end. Um, but a lot of times when we've had a trial, if we look back, we're like, oh, okay, God had me. Like God had me. And maybe while you're in it, you feel like it's so dark and there's no light, but God is with you. Like even when maybe it, you don't know he's with you, even in times when you don't feel he's with you, he's with you. Um, and so just kind of holding on to that um, in the midst of your marathon, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your dark moment, you know, holding on to the fact that God is with us and present um, and will not let us down. Um, he's there. Like, he won't let us down. Um, so that's what I, I guess that would be the encouragement because it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting. I don't know. I remember at once I, a race I was running, I was at mile 10 and I was like, oh, I'm so tired. You know, when you're at mile 10, there's 26.2. You know, you can't think at mile 10, you can't be thinking about how you're going to feel at mile 25. You just have to be like, okay, I'm exhausted right now, but I'm going to have some goo. And we're just, my goal is just to get to mile 11, like yeah. just the next mile. So, yeah. Your husband, Jeremiah, preached... I believe his first sermon ever Yeah. Um, at, at Berkeley first. And uh, if folks listening would like to catch that, you can uh, catch it on berkeleyfirst.org or on um, the YouTube page or uh, Facebook page. Um, I'm curious how that felt uh, having him up there preaching for the first time. And I'm curious too, um, he had a, uh, so he's a college professor and has gone through the whole dissertation process and everything. And he also had a great line, which the whole church just loved and, and laughed about um, when he said that being married is kind of like having a dissertation committee um home with you all the time and i think everybody laughed because anyone who's been married for longer than two weeks can uh resonate with that and so i'm curious i'm curious about your, your thoughts and your feelings at oh, this moment uh i i was i was so happy for jeremiah that he had the opportunity to um to preach at, you know, I was just so happy, happy that was, you know, he'd mentioned, you know, maybe feeling a call, a nudge for ministry a couple of years ago, like pre pandemic, you know, but wasn't really certain if, you know, if I was like, should, is this something I should pursue? I don't know, you know, and then, you know, we had a Losha and then the pandemic, you know, and, the, you know, through the pandemic started to feel, I think the nudge a bit more, you know, just that he wanted to do 
you know, something a little bit different and wasn't necessarily feeling that he was being as helpful, you know, able to serve God, you know, in his job. And so, you know, I was so happy, you know, that you, Pastor Zach, gave, you know, him the opportunity, um, you know, to 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 pursue this and to, you know, really kind of see if this is a feasible option for him, for us. And so, you know, I was so excited that he was actually able to be up there. Of course, I was, you know, so proud of him. You know, I know he's been, you know, working really hard. He's really enjoyed being able to, you know, come and meet with you and meet with Brian, you know, each Sunday. And so I was excited. Um, I was, you know, proud um, and just, you know, just happy. Um, And then I'll say even grateful you know, grateful that, you know, I have a husband that has a, you know, a heart of love, grateful for you, Pastor Zach, that you, you know, give people opportunities um, to kind of use their gifts and listen to their gifts. Um, because it's not, not every church, not every place, not every person, you know, would do, you know, do that. And so, you know, once again, I guess, just grateful to be at Berkeley where, you know, community is real and where people really have, you know, where people have hearts for God and people are listening to God's God's nudges, you know, even when it's not easy, you know? So, yeah. That's awesome. And I will say with the dissertation comment (laughs) (laughs) at home. Yeah. You know, being, being married is, is fun um and amazing and awesome but it also is challenging right you know you can be you know and I think both Jeremy and I lived by ourselves for a while before we were married and so you kind of get used to what you get used to um and then you get married and you're like wait it's not okay to stockpile peanut butter and salsa like what you know and so just little things and so I would say you know it's good to have a, a partner who challenges you it doesn't let you stay stagnant for both of us you know for he sure. will call me out and I will call him out as nicely as possible um you know and so it makes it makes things fun um and it keeps us it keeps us both growing which you know I'm grateful for totally yeah my wife Rachel and I we um firmly believe that we can do life and ministry better together than we can apart. And, and a piece of it is that, that, you know, encouraging each other, sharpening one another, pointing things out to one another, which is sometimes done with grace. And sometimes <laughs> at least on my part, maybe not with as much grace as it could have. Um, but, but really um, becoming together um, the people over time that God has indeed designed and destined us to be, knowing that neither of us has yet to fully reach that goal. Patrice, it is a true and sincere joy to be the church with you and your growing family. I'm thankful for the gifts that you bring, for the passion that you have for ministry, for your generosity of heart and spirit. Before we wrap up, is there Anything that we didn't touch on that you'd like to touch on today? No, no. I'm. I'm I thank you so much for you know, well, giving me this opportunity, um, just to I guess share a little bit of our life, my life with the church. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Church Folks. Remember, the church has nothing to do with brick, mortar, or carpet. It's the people the body of Christ from all over the world. 
This is just one of their stories. You can find out more about Birmingham and Berkeley First on our websites, fumcbirmingham.org and berkeleyfirst.org. Whether it's through our church or some other church, we hope you take the time to be a part of beloved community, grow in your faith, and share your stories. Peace.